The scripture reading today is from Genesis chapter 12, verses 1 through 4. Now the Lord said to Abram, Go from your country and your kindred and your father's house to the land that I will show you. I will make of you a great nation, and I will bless you and make your name great, so that you will be a blessing. I will bless those who bless you, and the one who curses you I will curse. And in, your, in you all the families of the earth shall be blessed. So Abram went as the Lord had told him, and Lot went with him. Abram was 75 years old when he departed from Haran. Good morning. I am not mad with my God, but my God has a behavioral issue of sitting with me and working with me on sermons and lessons and various other communications and leading me to believe that we're through with the preparation and so I close the page and think that we are ready to preach the sermon that me and my God worked on. And then God has this habit of coming at the last minute and adding things to the sermon we worked on. Late into the night we worked, but God has showed up early this morning after the 8.30 service and tampered with my 10.30 sermon. The sermon's entitled Invitations, and I looked as I often do at the sanctuary, at the people who I am glad to see, every one of you I am glad to see, but I would not really be finished with the idea of preaching a sermon called Invitations if we didn't have something in there that spoke about these empty seats. How many of you know somebody, maybe one person, maybe 101 people, how many of you know somebody well enough that if you invite them, they will come? Anybody? Claudia knows somebody. Does anybody know anybody who, if you ask them to breakfast in the morning or if you ask them to a basketball game for your daughter or your son, if you ask them, will they come? And I could say that as an announcement rather than a question. All of us do. All of us do. Every time I do premarital session, I talk about chip management. And I define chips as the ability to make an unexplained demand on somebody's time or energy. And as long as you don't get carried away with it, everybody that you're in relationship with has issued you some chips. I, there's things I can ask of my wife that she doesn't understand or agree with, but she'll do it as long as I don't overplay my hand. And the same is true of you. Every relationship you're in, 
And so there are some large congregational events like fill a pew Sunday or invite a friend Sunday or whatever. Uh, we don't have to wait for the congregation to plan such a thing. Any one of us, any one of you can decide on any given Sunday, today I'm going to fill a pew. I've got a hundred friends, 10 of them will show up if I ask them to. I'm not asking them to change from their church to mine or to become a regular churchgoer if they are not, but we've got to get back in the habit of at least asking folks to come and be with us. Okay, I would not embarrass anyone by asking the question, which would be if I were to ask it, when's the last time you asked someone to come be with us? I won't ask that question. But the answer is our answer to empty seats. We won't get 300 one day, but we have slipped from our regular 50 or 60 to the point where some days we're looking at 20 or 30. And we can do better than that. That's not my sermon, it's sermon time, but that's some of the stuff that God slipped in here and when God slips things into your message, it's a good idea to listen. This is the second Sunday of Lent and the text that was read comes from the call of Abram and I, we, I've always got to speak that name Abram uh, very carefully because we're not accustomed to calling this man Abram. We're used to calling him Abraham and that will become his name in a few more chapters of the book of Genesis. But at this point, his name is Abram. The name Abraham was a name that God bestowed upon him almost as an award for faithfulness. The call of Abram is reported here and it's an interesting call. Abram is not yet Abraham. He's not yet the father of Isaac, not yet the father of a nation or of three religions. We've got three religions that consider Abraham to be their ancestor. Christianity, Judaism, and Islam all flow from the family of Abraham. But that's not what this call is about. He's not being called at this time to be the father of a nation. He's not being called even to become a resident of an identifiable and known place called Canaan. He may have heard the name Canaan, but he doesn't know what Canaan looks like or what he can expect to find in Canaan. What's Canaan? Where's Canaan? Why? Go to Canaan. The call is not to a task. The call is not to a location. The call is to go. God's call is to go. For all of us, the question to our call is, if we are called, will we go? That's the part we went to at the beginning, the extra part. 
If we are called, will we go? And that's not just about if God calls, will you go? If Terry invites us all to lunch, how many will go? I'll go, Terry. I got a call this week by way of text message, and I'm going to go. Cena and her sister Sandy and her brother-in-law Bob got wind of my vacation plans in Phoenix and decided that Phoenix is only four hours from Thousand Palms, California. And they've invited me to dinner and they're gonna do most of the driving. They're coming over to see me and of course I'll go. If any of the rest of you want to come to Arizona and have lunch with me and Cena and Sandy and Bob, I'm sure we can work it out. It's a matter of taking invitations seriously. And I'm honored, I don't know about any of you, I'm honored that anyone would drive three or four hours to have dinner with me if a stranger calls me and offers to drive four hours to break bread with me, I'm going to dinner with that stranger. But of course, in the case of Cena and Sandy and Bob, we're going to break bread together. Not on our knees, but we're gonna break bread together. I wanna understand the call of, Sam, of, of Abram as an invitation. But I don't want to confuse calling with invitation. When God calls, it may be inviting, but the element of God's authority to call you and God's expectation of a faithful response, that remains in the case of godly callings, but God does want you to feel invited to what God is calling you to do. Everybody doesn't accomplish their call, but there is the expectation that when God calls, we will come. Looking at call as invitation, sometimes God is calling with there being some acceptance that you may or may not go. Heather's getting ready to go to the mission field. A lot of us who are in ministry have felt multiple calls where God says, I could use you in South Africa, or I could use you in the inner city, or I could use you in youth ministry. Sometimes God called maintains some choices for us. And that's when we understand it as invitation. God does not just demand of us. In Isaiah 6, 8, whom shall I send and who will go for us? That's a, a question. Isaiah says, here am I, Lord, send me. First Samuel 3, the Lord calls Samuel by name and because of some mix-ups has to go through this exercise three times before Samuel gets it. And the Lord calls Samuel, Samuel, and having been instructed by the priest in the temple, Samuel says, 
Here am I, Lord. Send me. Yes, your calling can be a command, but it also can be an invitation. Invitations offer opportunity. Invitations offer opportunities. We've had many invitations. If you'll come to my wedding, I'll give you a piece of very expensive cake. Come to my wedding, will you? Come to this mixer and you'll get to meet our candidate for mayor. Come to a brief presentation after service today and we'll show you how to get rich in the thumbtack market. Some invitations are better than others, but invitations leave for you some choices to make. Some invitations are more appealing, some are more believable, but invitations offer opportunity. Now, we refuse some of these invitations. Some invitations we don't even acknowledge were extended. Uh, we, we don't even respond to some invitations, but there is a polite response, or at least a response that's presumed to be polite, that's called sending your regrets. Now, sending your regrets is a euphemism in many cases, because in all the capacities that I've been called upon to invite folks to various events or various uh, occupations or engagements, there are some no's that come too soon for you to find it believable that they even thought about it. You can't send regrets if you don't even know what you were invited to, and yet we do. Some have not given the invitation any thought at all. It's true of your dinner party. It's true of some of our business opportunities. It's true when the nominating committee asks anyone to do anything. Some people have an automatic no attached to the tip of their tongue. So as soon as they hear the words, will you, out pops the word no. It's true of all those cases that we are sending regrets. The scripture that highlights this truth is in Matthew 22:14, where it says, Few, for many are called, but few are chosen. If everyone said yes, God would not need to call a dozen people to get one thing done. It says many are called, but few are chosen. The truth is, whether it is opening night at the opera or Sunday morning at Central Christian Church, there are far more folks who send their regrets than there are who accept the invitation. Invitations are transactional. It begins with, let, let me be clear, this is the beginning of an invitation. It begins with a proposition. Will you marry me? Will you watch my house while I'm out of town? Will you write a letter of reference for me? 
None of those are, are transactions at the stage of asking the question. They are propositions. A proposition is simply a request. Even the response of yes does not constitute a transaction. Because you've asked me to do something and I've agreed to do it, but it is not yet done. There's a proposition, there is a promise, but ultimately the transaction is the whole kit and caboodle, the proposition, the response, and then the lived response, the doing what you said you would do. If I asked would you marry me, only one of you kept that promise and on September 24th in 1972 showed up and did it. She actually showed up. Me too. And we've been hitched for a while. I want us to understand as we talk about this call and response of an invitation a new understanding of RSVP. RSVP has had a bunch of folks who are not from France trying to speak French, and so reservation, save vous play, is what we've been trying to say, where RSVP is in plain English, respond so victory is possible. RSVP to God's calling, respond so victory is possible. RSVP when it comes to your service at church. Respond to the invitation. The transaction is accomplished when you show up. Every invitation won't fit you. Some won't fit you, but try some on. Try on some invitations. Get out of the habit of an automatic no. Forget the notion that I've got too much on me to consider one more thing. All of us consider one more thing every day of our lives. All of us do one more thing every day of our lives. Deprogram yourself from rejecting invitations without consideration. The really good call stories in scripture are the ones of various flavors and representations of God's people responding to their call with a resounding and a demonstrative yes.